الرحمن الرحیم نحمده و نسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمدللہ tonight is the 10th of July in the year 2023 and alhamdulillah we've completed the 11th week the 77th night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the eminent companion Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud so moving on to another subsection in terms of his great words of wisdom entitled reality of this worldly life so Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud he said every man in this world is a guest and his wealth are borrowed goods Thus, when the guest departs, the borrowed thing returns to its rightful owner. This is in Behaki in Shu'ab al-Iman 7-376, Abu Nu'aym al-Hilya, number 267, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 386-7 of the New English Translation. So here, again, a very comprehensive statement from the great Ibn Mas'ud He said, you are all guests in the world. So what's the nature of a guest? He's in your dwelling for a short period of time. Then he leaves. So we are all guests in the world. We have a very short period of time. Then he said, and his wealth are actually borrowed goods. So the wealth you have is actually given to you on loan by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the guest departs, when he dies, the borrowed thing returns to its rightful owner. Quite beautiful. So what he was highlighting there was, make use of your wealth. It's not your wealth. Allah Ta'ala has given you wealth to use, so you can benefit from it. But it will ultimately go back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. As the saying goes, we came with nothing, and we leave with nothing. You know how many times you hear that? Who comes into the world with anything? Obviously, you know, he could be born into a rich family. I'm not talking about being born into. What has he or she herself got? Nothing. They haven't even come with clothing. Right? So we came with nothing. And how do you leave? You know, if you think about that, isn't that a, such a huge sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You leave with nothing. Even if you leave, you know, the world, you've left it. So you've left with nothing. You came with nothing. You've left with nothing. And as another one of the scholars so aptly put it, shrouds don't have pockets. <laughs> shrouds don't have pockets. Interesting. You know, Allah Ta'ala could have ordained that there's a pocket on a shroud. Why is there no pockets? There's no need for pockets. <laughs> and just to mention, my dear mother-in-law in back home passed away today uh, in Pakistan. So I asked those who are listening to make a special dua that Allah Ta'ala has mercy, has mercy upon her and forgive her her sins. I mean, on this first night of the Barzakh. So she came with nothing and she's left with nothing. The only thing that you go with is your deeds. Our beloved Messenger, he said, a person does not die until he takes his full share of provision and time. A person does not die until he takes his full share of provision and time. 
This is in Ibn Majah, number 2144. Bazaar, number 2914. Now think about that. You cannot die until you get every grain of your rizq. That's our belief. You cannot die until you get every second of your life. Not one second more you can live. Not one second earlier can you die. Not one extra grain can you add to your rizq. Not one extra grain or less grain will you be deprived of. Why did the Prophet say that? Because he's telling you this is not the maqsad. You're not on the world to acquire provision. Allah Ta'ala has already written your provision. Your time is allocated. Reflect upon the holy verse in Surah Hud Surah 11 verse 6 where Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says Audhu Billahi Min Shaitan Rajeem وَمَا مِن دَابَّةٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ رِزْقُهَا There is nothing clinging to the earth but the sustenance of that is on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's bounty. So what does Allah the Almighty and Glorious say? He goes, anything dabba clinging to the earth, including us, the rizq Allah says is on me. Reflect. Allah the Almighty and Glorious has promised sustenance to everyone. But he has not promised forgiveness for everyone. Therefore, how unwise is the Muslim who strives day and night for that which is already promised, but does not make any effort for that which is not assured, i.e. forgiveness. Look how beautiful that is. If somebody says to you, why are you working so hard? And the person gets confused when you ask that question. Because, well, I need to pay the bills. He's not asking you just for the sake of asking. What he's saying is, Allah Ta'ala, do you believe Allah Ta'ala has uh, fixed your rizq? And Muslim has to say that. He goes, yes. So that's promised by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Whether you do overtime or not. He's not going to break that promise. So, we make such effort for our rizq as if we have not been promised it. And we live carelessly as if we are promised forgiveness. We've reversed it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. Think about that. You know, people, you ask them, brother, yeah, brother, I'm going to be forgiven. Where does it say that you're going to get forgiven? Show me. When it comes to rizq, you go, oh, no, brother, you, I've got to, I'm probably going to get another job now. And you go, brother, that, that's promised. So why have you, first of all, shame on you for not acting upon the command. Secondly, you've reversed it. What's promised, you are living as if it's not promised. And what's not promised, you're living as if it's promised. So note again, you know, this is why the end of time, everything's topsy-turvy. Astaghfirullah. As our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa said, whoever takes from the world over and above what is sufficient for him, has foolishly taken his death whilst he does not even know. This is in Deilami in his Musnad al-Firdos, number 363. Ibn Asakir in his Tariq Demishq 55-191. This is a very interesting hadith. What did the Prophet say? If you take from the world over and above what is sufficient. <laughs> so people don't like discussing this. Why? Because our needs are few. Our needs are few. <laughs> If I was to ask you, what's your need? 
So you go right. I need to pay my bills, mashallah. Wells, I need a house, mashallah. Wells, I need blessed food, drink, mashallah. Wells, you go through it, right? Anything else? No. Go to accountant. Tell him all your, you know, what you need. You know, what is my, what do I need to stay afloat? So I don't save anything, and I'm not needing anything. And he will work you out to the last penny. That amount he gives you. Rasulullah said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if you take anything above that, you are killing yourself. Don't have a go at me, brother. Have a go with the Prophet. Are you going to challenge his understanding? Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now think about it. It's a bitter pill, pill to swallow. Because you know full well if you go to the accountant and he goes, and he works you out. He goes, you need 110 pounds, 23 pence a week. And he goes, what's that? He goes, that will, that, you're, you're a flaw. Everything's taped. You should then think one penny over that, my iman says, will kill me. But do we think that? Straight away, shaitan goes, that's not even going to touch surface. So who's telling you the truth? Rasulullah or shaitan? In fact, in Surah Baqarah, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Shaitan threatens you with poverty. That's one of his tricks. He goes, that's not enough. Rasulullah is saying, that's enough. Shaitan goes in there, who are you listening to? If you're a kafir, go ahead, no problem. He's your master, follow him. He's not our master. And this is why people are ill. People are ill because they don't... And the Prophet didn't say it's a bad thing. He goes, you're killing you. What's worse than killing yourself? You're killing yourself and you don't even realize. In Sayyid Bukhari, the Prophet said, the little and sufficient is better than the abundant and what is tempting. He gave you a clear sign what the problem is with more than what is sufficient. What did he say? The what is above sufficient tempts you. Tempts you to what? There's the problem. You start doing silly things. I've got money. Right. I might as well buy another house. Oh my God, you bought another house. Why have you bought another house for brother? Did you need another house? Oh, I might as well now buy some land back home. <laughs> So what's happened? The money is tempting you. What's caused it? You went over what was sufficient for you. Mm. But, better pill, mm. if you go to any person, not just, you know, think of any profession. I always say taxi drivers, but just think of any profession. And you go to the any person in any profession, you're working yourself to death. He will say, what are you talking about? I'm a professional. And he goes, well, I didn't ask you about a profession. I'm just saying Islamic, like you're killing yourself. Mm. And he goes, what are you talking about? He goes, how much are you earning, brother? He goes, you want to know how much I'm earning? He goes, I'm not interested, brother. I'm just going to give a message to you. I'm earning 500 pounds a week. 400 pounds killing it. Oh, it's crossed the bling. Sorry, 200 pounds killing it. <laughs> so the wise one, he works to fulfill his needs. The unwise one forgets what he's doing. I need to work. What for? And he can't even answer the question. He goes, well, what else am I going to do? <laughs> The golden mean was elucidated when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said to Abu Dhar radiyallahu in Kanzul Umal number 8539 Ya Abu Dhar that portion of the world which benefits your hereafter is not harmful but that portion of the world is harmful which benefits only your life in the world. Look how simple the Prophet put it sallallahu alayhi wa He's making such profound statements which philosophers are still trying to work out. What's contentment? Go to the philosophers. Read their books. 
How do we live a contented life? We don't need your books. The Prophet gave a very simple answer to it. Said Allah, he said, that portion, so think about it. If you take something the Prophet says from the world, and the thing that you've taken benefiting your hereafter, no harm at all. That part of the world does not harm you. But then he said, but if you take from the world and it's only benefiting your world, that's harming you. Brick on brick, land, more land. That's harming you. Because that's only your dunya you're thinking about. Somebody said to Umar bin Abdul Aziz when he was dying, he was poisoned. Rahmatullah. He said, what about your children? Are you going to think about them? Now what's strange about that statement? Why have you asked that question on his deathbed? But anyway, people like to ask those questions. Guess what he said? He goes, if they've got taqwa, Allah will look after them. If not, good riddance. And he was the most powerful person on the earth. Now, on our deathbeds, each one must have a house. And they must have 20, 30, 40, 50k in their account. And they've got to have a koti back home. You're going to be working like a kota. Right? And guess what? Everything's already written. Why are you killing yourself? For them. And what they, how are they going to remember you? Look at most of their children. How do they remember their parents? First two, three days, everybody's all here. Khatam, khatam, khatam. After a year, what happened with them? Did your dad die last year this time? Oh yeah, he did, didn't I? I forgot. Right? And he bought you 50 grand and he gave 50. What happened? Even just financially, you should be remembering him. And Umar bin Abdul Aziz, he goes, if they got taqwa, mashallah, Allah ta'ala look after him. As the Honorable Imam Ghazali said, Rahmatullah, in his Ihya, in the chapter on Dhikr al-Mawt, Remembrance of Death, page 125 of the New English Translation, so he said, whoever searches for provisions to bring him to his destination will surely be delighted at being separated from the remainder of them when he attains his goal. For he never sought the provisions for their own sake. It was a means to an end. These are deep statements. So you got to break it down. So Hujjatul Islam, the proof of Islam, Imam Ghazali, Rahmatullah, Mujaddid. He said, you are getting something for the journey, some provisions. Your intention is, this is for my journey, so I can get to my destination. If you acquire it for that, fantastic. But you're not acquiring it just for the sake of acquiring it. Mm. Then he said, Imam Ghazali, mm. this is the circumstance of the man who was taken from this world only what he needs and who has longed for an end to these needs that he might dispense with aye, the quest for provisions. Mm. Now that what he has longed for has come, he no longer stands in need of them. So what's happened? He goes, I need to get to paradise. I need to get to my destination. What do I need? He gets his provisions. He's not interested in them. He's just thinking, I need that to get to my grave. He realizes always what's the point of the provision is to get him to the destination. If you sought the provisions for their own sake, he goes, you've got mud. I need more roti. I need more kebab. I know. I need more trousers. I need more trainers. What are you, what are you doing? No, no, no. You don't realize. You don't realize what? Thus the wise have no connection to this world, but wisely take from it what they need.
Now think about it. Why is this very hard, bitter pill? Because most of us have this illness. Most of us have this illness. If you didn't have this illness, you'll just be smiling at what's being mentioned here, thinking, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Why are Muslims finding this a bitter pill? Because they've left their deen. They've left it. They're preferring dunya over the akhirah. We're interested in the provision. What about the journey, brother? Forget about the provision. Hence, they are never attached to this lowly world. Those inevitably, when they leave, they naturally feel no remorse over its loss. If you're not attached to someone, are you bothered when it's lost? Think about that. So if you've got a watch and it's very precious to you, and it's not worth much financially, but it's very precious, let's say, you know, it's from your father, and you lose it, you're going to grieve. But if you gave that watch to somebody else and he lost it, is he grieving? It has no value. Because that is dunya. You get attached to it and you die, you're going to grieve. But if you're not attached to it, who gives the monkeys? See? As Mufti Shafi relates, Rahmatullah, that the Urdu poet said, in English as well, look how interesting. This is translated into English. Remaining busy, getting ready to die. What else is there for me to do in this world? <laughs> Remaining busy, getting ready to die. What else is there for me to do in this world? This is a marvel Quran, volume 3, page 348 of the English translation. Think about that. What are you busy with, brother? Stock market. What are you busy with, brother? Internet. What are you busy with, brother? You know, the snooker. What are you busy with? I go on holidays twice a year. This is what the poet said. I'm busy getting ready to die. What else is there for me to do in the world? I have no other occupation. In the world. I've got nothing to do with this world. I just have to prepare for it. Get the provision to get out. People have forgot. Imagine, isn't it? You become institutionalized. Astaghfirullah. We thus beg our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala to be amongst those about whom our beloved messenger said, If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves a person, then he shelters him from this world. Subhanallah. He gave you the answer. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves a person, he will shelter him from this world. This is in Tirmidhi, number 2036, Ahmad in his Muslim 5-487, and Shaykh al authenticates it in Sahih al jam number 282. Question, does Allah love us? If you got Iman, he loves you. But there's degrees of love. Does he have more love for you? Is what he means, brother. You got Iman, mashallah. And he goes, how do I gauge that? How much of the world has Allah protected you from? And then you go, hey. What do you mean protected? How much has he kept it away from you? That's a gauge that he loves you. But if he opens up the floodgates, is that a sign of love? You know, we think it is. Right? And another hadith, the Prophet said, Allah Ta'ala keeps away the one from the world he loves, just like you keep somebody who is ill away from water because it would harm him. This is in Hakim Sayyid, Zahabi Sayyid. Now, why is that interesting? When a person's ill, he's thirsty. And what, do they, what does it say on their bed? Nil by mouth. So you go in, and what's the first thing they say to you? Give me a drink. And then this is what you say to them. And you're doing it out of love. Uncle, I can't. 
So Gandhi starts, you came all this way. You didn't even get, get out of here. And he's trying to reason and say, look, uncle, you don't, I'm doing this out of, I'm not doing it out of spite. And that's our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're fighting him. He doesn't want to give you the world. And you go, Ya Allah, what are you doing? I want the world. Because it's not good for you. He'll kill you. So the Prophet said, that's the relationship. So note again, Ibn Masood. How did he say we're all up with You are all guests and your wealth is on loan. The guest soon departs and the and the borrowed wealth returns to the rightful owner. Allahu Akbar. The wealth which Rasulullah used, is it still on the earth? Yes. Did he take the maximum out of the wealth? Yes. But the wealth is still here. Not going anywhere. Whose hands is that wealth in now? Look how interesting. We should be thinking like this. Hang on a minute. The wise ones use the same thing to get the maximum benefit before it moves on somewhere. But what do we think? No, no, pile it up. Pile it up. What's pile it up going to do? Takathar. The mutual piling up distracts you until you visit the graves. So all I mentioned today was now the great Ibn Mas'ud talking about the reality of the world and expanding a bit upon this very important subject. Are there any questions? سبحان الله بحمده سبحان الله بحمده كان شلون لا إله إلا أنت استغفرك أتوب إليك أتوب إلى الله بالشهادة سبحان الله بك رب العزة ما يكون سلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والأصل من سلام في خصر الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وعصب الحق وعصب الصالح سبحان الله